Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Hold We're- up. Welcome to As You Were, a podcast. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's the rock band Hell Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. The song Hell Yes. How can you blame me? How can you blame me for a bit like that? It's a it's a pretty good bit. A bit like that. Um, you know, I just I didn't want to start screaming sour everything's here. Um, everything's. Uh, but you almost made me, Tim. <sighs> almost, almost gotcha. Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. We discuss Alkaline Trio songs. On this podcast, I don't, yeah, I mean, you probably know that if uh, because I did just say it three times, but also, you know, I assume if you're a listener, you're aware of what you're getting into here. Well, first time listeners, welcome. Uh, what we do is we we break up the Alkaline Trio catalog. Uh, we've we've done that into four different playlists. Tell me about them playlists, Tim. Well, the first three are chronological. We got the uh, Asian Man Records discography for Alkaline Trio. And the second playlist is Vagrant Records. The third is all the LPs after. And the fourth, which is what we were on this week, is the spare tracks that came after Asian Man Records. This week is one of those tracks. Mm -hmm. This week is one of the preeminent tracks of that playlist. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. The rock band Hell Yeah, Vinnie Paul's band post-Pantera. Um, sure. Great. Do you know how Hell Yeah got their name? No. Uh, I'd like to imagine Uh that they were like, we need a a name for a really good rock band. And one of the guys was like, Hell Yeah. And they were like, Hell Yeah. Uh (laughs) Vinnie Paul. (laughs) So we are discussing the Alkaline Trio single, Hell Yes, which came out in 2000. Mm -hmm. Um, a... A single that they did it predate from here to infirmary. I I'm fuzzy on the dates of that, but I do like I know it was recorded in the from here to infirmary sessions. Okay, from my understanding, right, and that makes sense because it's got the from here to infirmary guitar tone. It's got the lineup, yeah, and it's got those cymbal tracks which we've mm-hmm. discussed discussed at, at length, length. <laughs> yeah. yeah don't need to touch on those again um but it's also interesting because it's their only release on lookout uh-huh which at that time was that label was going through such like a transformative period and like it, it's interesting that like this is on lookout from here to infirmaries on vagrant like they're really trying to like kind of straddle that line between like we're like old school punks who know what's up and like also like we want to be famous right look out for for the uh the people out there who are like i know that name where do i know that name from you know it from green day it's a it's a who? prominent uh uh band from the 1990s named green day um, oh i came in at uh 21st century breakdown i think that's their best work uh i like uh i like trey mm-hmm. i think that's my favorite green day record but look out records yeah it's it's uh it's old 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 guard uh, pop punk, Southern California, Lake. Northern California, Northern California, the Bay, the Bay. 
Um, I do for for whatever reason, I always want to say that anything that happens in California is Southern California, even though there's there's so much culture in the northern part of California. Yeah, to me, everything that happens in California happens in Sacramento. Um, I mean, I think it's just an iconic city that like a lot of people love. Um, Kevin Johnson, the mayor and former Phoenix Suns point guard. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think he's the mayor anymore because I think he got in trouble. Uh-oh. Anyway, so... Uh, Sacramento. San Francisco. Mm. Hell we're not, yes. We're not talking about San Francisco. Hell yes. This is a song by Alkaline Trio that we're talking about this week. And we, we, this is such a great single mm-hmm. um, from a band that didn't really do a lot of singles per se they have a lot of single songs that were out but on like comp tracks and and they have a lot of eps up to a point but this was like a true like genuine in in the you know old school 70s 80s mentality of a single you know two songs a side b side boom that's it yeah and i mean it unlike the eps which had names granted they were just song titles this one's just hell yes backed with my standard break from life Uh um and also, uh, from an artwork perspective, really at that time kind of stands out because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like, it's like trying to play into that, like, the thing they do on Good Morning of, like, the graveyard aesthetic, but it's this weird, like, red, blue, yellowy thing. It's almost, like, non-canonical. Yeah. Yeah. In a strange way. Yeah. Even though, yeah. And anything with a grave, sure, makes sense. But, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting about this song and listening to it is it can't be anything else. No. This, like, it's one of those songs where it's like, I remember hearing it for the first time and just feeling, holy shit. Like, it's, it's a perfect single because, like, this doesn't fit anywhere else. Like, this does not make sense on Maybe I'll Catch Fire. It does not make sense on From Here to Infirmary. Right. It wouldn't make sense on any record they had done. You know, it kind of needs to be its own standalone thing. And it's it, and I think it needs to be a standalone thing too, just because of the way it starts. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like there's it's hard to imagine a song just coming before that. It's hard to imagine this being yeah. like anywhere within a, a track listing. So you know, as a song that can't be uh, that can't follow anything, it also doesn't make sense as what you would want to lead your record with necessarily. Well, especially like it, it feels so. You know, both songs on this 7-inch, and we'll touch on the other one when we get to that song in our playlist, uh-huh. but, like, both of them, like, they do not make any sense in the From Here to Infirmary era. Like, I don't know if these they were don't. written earlier or right. later, and, like, especially, like, tonally, though it's got those same guitar tones, like, these songs are much more mid-paced, uh-huh. um, and vocally, like, are just very different deliveries from, like, a private eye, you know? Like, it's Absolutely. a very different yeah, world yeah, yeah. of what Matt's offering here. Uh, and it's one of the songs that, to me, like I remember hearing it for the first time, just like being floored by it. Oh, yeah, it hits, it hits so perfectly, and it's it's one of those songs that like it starts out in a way that you're just like you're you know what you're gonna get, and it follows through in a it's it's such a skiba structure mm-hmm, of a mm-hmm. song. It's verse, verse, chorus, verse chorus with a little add-on a damn good bridge and we're out yeah and 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 one of the things that i think i really like about this song is that you know it 
while it doesn't really like fit in exactly with From Here to Infirmary, it does feel like it's a little bit left over from like the My Friend Peter type of sound. It does. And especially feels that way with Matt's vocal delivery on it. Absolutely. I mean, for one, the, the way the riff is structured that like opens the song you know, it's it's one of the few times he's really kind of out there on his own, not the whole band around him yeah. doing this big choral thing. And then his voice comes in and it's just like, you're immediately like, oh shit. Uh-huh. Like you've uh-huh. got a vocal melody that's a hook and you're delivering it up front. Right. Like it almost doesn't matter. Like granted, like, yeah, he could have shit the bed midway through on the chorus or something, but like the verse is so good that it doesn't matter. Right. Totally. There's that, that he has that ability too. I think to just like, he, he gives you a good riff and then he sets down uh, he sets down a verse that's just very quickly like, okay, cool. I'm I'm invested vocally, and you can honestly like say whatever you want right now. And what he does says, I think, is a it, this is a captivating uh, story that's told, and I think it's a good story that uh, utilizes that imagery that Mm -hmm. you know that skiba imagery, but it doesn't rely too heavily on it. And I like that the song like it doesn't really. It doesn't really make itself clear like who it's directed towards. Yeah. Like it's almost like an indictment against like a church or, you know, that type of like religious figure. But it's also it feels very personal, you know? Well, yeah, from what I understand of the song, and I think this might be in the remains liner notes, but he said it's about Anton LaVey, who like started the Church of Satan in earnest in America, right? Uh-huh. And like you know, that's such an interesting thing because, like, to me, I think if you just listen to it, you're not really getting that from it. Like, it just feels more kind of generally applicable to religion as a vague ideology. Right. You know? But I also think it just has such a captivating first line. Yeah, totally. You know, that, like, even if that's not something you're interested in, you're still going to be taken with a song. Exactly. You know? Yeah, because I think that there's enough of, like, a personal uh, aspect to it that I think, you know, he's he's he does a really good job of writing songs about just like being left behind mm-hmm. by somebody. And this is one where he's just like, you know what? Like, how could you blame me? And like I think I, yeah, that's yeah. like the emotional appeal to all of it is that he is at a point where he's just like, yeah, well, how can you blame me? Like, yeah, we, we are we are different people. And I love the way that he sets himself out in this song you know when he talks about like being selfish and drunk and Mm -hmm. but he he plays it off in a way that's kind of like it's kind of like yeah whatever but it's it's also like you know he takes the elements of like the established like you know matt skiba is an unhappy person who drinks too much and is into really really dark things yeah but the way he plays it off here and sort of the, like this fuck you attitude is just like, yeah, I'm doing fine with it. Mm-hmm. I like well, that a lot. Well, I think that's really good. And I think in the chorus when that hits, he has that line of like, <laughs> how dare you? He has, sorry. he has that line of I've done it before and I'll do it again. Yeah. Totally. Which is like, I think really what hits on like his best style of songwriting trope, which is like this thing of like, I fucked up. And I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And I just have to be okay with that. And I think that's like such an interesting thing in that like his songs don't necessarily try to show any type of growth through them, but it just hits on that human element of like when you like wake up hungover, you see yourself in the mirror and it's like, I'm never fucking doing this again. Right. You do that same shit that night. Yeah. You know, it's that type of like thing that I just think is so generally applicable that it's kind of hard to not feel something with it right yeah i think that yeah that's 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 an interesting way to to put it out because i think that's that's exactly what 
he does and that's exactly how he plays it and i think that you know traditionally it's uh you know you're supposed to learn the lesson yeah and he doesn't and 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 i just yeah i I love that especially you know with this type of delivery it's just like yeah i mean it's kind of where i am and Mm -hmm. that's the end of it you know well and and one of the things i wanted to ask you about is how you feel this is jumping ahead in the song but you've laid out its trajectory right is in the bridge Uh uh-huh he's laying on that you've been whispering sweet nothings line which Uh is like clearly a cliche yeah like just overused I think it's fucking perfect. It's yeah, it's really, really great. And it reminds me so much of another song I love, which is ninety seven. Uh-huh. When he's doing the I don't deserve this thing. Yeah. But it's like that line almost feels so divorced from the narrative, kind of. Like not that there's a strong narrative. Right. But it's just kinda like okay <laughs> yeah well i mean he sets up you know where the the whispering is actually coming from in the the second half of the of the second chorus you know the add-on part of the chorus he's uh, you know on my shoulder all the while mm-hmm. whispering sweet nothings but it is like it's one of those lines where you know if if i was removed from it I would say no I'm like fuck off are you kidding me like yeah. that like that being used as like uh like a chorus line or not you know maybe that's not the best yeah he's really phrase. kicking his legs up there right it's you know w- what it is is that it fills a space mm-hmm. and i think it fills it really well where it just drops this reference that explains so much because of mm-hmm. the understood connotations of it and it's not it's not trying to get any deeper than that level of just being something that he can repeat mm-hmm. and then yell. And yeah. he yells the fuck out of it. It's so good. It's so good. And I love that it then returns to like the full band intro riff. Right. Where which is just like so good and uh-huh. the way they ride ride that out. It's always bummed me out seeing them play this song live that over that part live, he likes to scream hell yes, which yeah. I think is honestly just a disservice to the song. It is a little it's bit. It's such a good instrumental break in the way of like a nose over tail or something that like, just let it be, dude. Like, I, it's fine. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, but what I do love about that instrumental break is that after they hit the intro, they just play the instrumental of the chorus, which is just three chords. Yep. They don't like expand upon that. At I all. know, and it's it's. I was. I think the first time I like really like consciously, you know, in listening to this in pre- in preparation for talking about, it, I'm like, I love that he doesn't do anything there. Yeah, he it's doesn't something... busy it up, right? And I think that speaks to like you know when we talked about other from here to infirmary songs in this era of like Mike Flumley playing drums, like me saying he's a little bit of a weaker link uh-huh. on some of that material but i think this is a perfect example of what mike does so well like in a mid-tempo song he's so good at just adding little flares like really minor flourishes and i think that's what makes like something of like them not doing too much yeah such a brilliant tactic especially at the end like they just rock it out they just run through it and they kind of hang those notes at the very end uh-huh. and like that's really like all they do it's a very simple thing i think any yeah. band could like play this you know at their like second practice together uh-huh but there's just a vibe it achieves that i think is really really brilliant well it's it's a moment too where you see you know mike's background of coming from a band that played like this pace mm-hmm. like it makes so much sense for him being here it's really like if you think about it the only 
the only like technical part of Mike being in the Alkaline Trio that makes sense is like this type of song. The reason that he joined the Alkaline Trio mm-hmm. is because of the fucking Crystal Lake connection. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Smoking Pubs being like a you know a Chicago suburbs band, just like the Alkaline Trio are. It's it's funny to look at this song and look at like how it doesn't really make sense as a part of like what Alkaline Trio is doing at that mm-hmm. moment. The pace doesn't really make sense. No. The maybe the decisions to like not mess with things too much. It all kind of has this this sense that like this is a song where they didn't really think about it too much. Totally. And that works on such a great level here, I think, because in comparison to From Here to Infirmary, there are the worst parts of that record are the parts where they're trying to do too much. Sure. And this is a song that kind of like, we're going to say this a lot with like the best Matt songs. It took him 15 minutes to write. Totally. And it took three times of going through it as a band for them to have it, to be done with it, and to just be like, okay, cool. That's yeah. it. And it and it works as a single, I think, because of, you know active active Chloe. Very active on the podcast today. Um yeah, no, to that point, I think like it this is the start to me of the era where like a lot of my favorite Alkaline Trio songs prior to this, I would say in the Asian Man years are the ones that establish what this band sounds like. Yeah. And post-2000, most of my favorite Alkaline Trio songs are the ones that don't sound like what they do. Uh-huh. And this is a prime example of that, where it right. stands in such stark contrast to every other record that decade right. that I can't help but love it. Uh-huh. You know, And again, it's just a song where they don't overthink it, they don't try and do too much with it, and they just like trust that the material is there. And I think that is like such a, that's a thing more bands need to do is that you need to trust, like, we know what we're doing, we can pull this off. Yeah. There's a confidence to it that, like, if they were, you know, if they were nervous about it or felt like there was too little, they would have fucked it up in the bridge. Right. Or they would have done a big, dumb ending. Or, Uh like, you know, they would have done something that is just, like, there for no reason. And this is just simple and easy, and they're good at simple and easy. Yeah, they really are. And I think that it's, like, you know, this is one of my favorite playlists that we have, you know, maybe more so than the LPs playlist from this era. And I think because the best songs on the, on this playlist from that era are the ones that fit that description of the ones that like don't have to exist within the context of a record. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, you know, talking about how this song like doesn't fit, what it really does is it kind of just fills like a hole in between like a my friend Peter and a private eye. Totally, totally. And I think it, it bridges that gap. Like I think it's it kind of establishes like I don't know how well known the song was at the time because it was just a seven inch on lookout at a time when like you know vinyl was effectively not as right v- visible. Like I'm sure people who just bought from Hindu Infirmary had no idea these songs existed. Maybe until Remains. I mean, for the for me, the coming out party was the DVD. Live totally, at the Metro, totally. like they open with this, right? Yeah, and I mean, I because rem- it can't come in the middle of a set. It can't come after a song. It's well, first, and that that's so great too. And I'm glad you brought up that DVD because there's really no other great time to like talk about a lot of that material. You know, it's with Derek. They're playing the From Here to Infirmary material and like really lean into it. But opening with this song, like, yeah, 
it's fucking perfect. And we also need to talk about the great controversy with that DVD. Uh-huh. Which is they did the two shows at the Metro. Right. Around Halloween. We, you know, played, did the whole deal, recorded them live, and then literally overdubbed almost everything. <laughs> like, that is a live DVD, barely. You yeah. know? And if you watch it closely... You see how much Matt is like struggling to recreate what he's actually doing there. Yeah. And it's it's so weird. But (laughs) even that notwithstanding, there's a power and energy to watching them come out on stage. There's that lit up upside down cross. Yep. And then these chords ring out and they kick into it. And like even if it's overdubbed, like it still feels fucking cool. And I can't deny that. Right. And I mean, I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about with watching this band perform all on black on Conan O'Brien, like the fact that they are at this point where, damn, they got a live DVD. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Just like, you know, the bigger bands do. Mm -hmm. And then to come out and just own it in that way where they're playing like a new song, that's not yeah. on the record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's badass. And I think it speaks to like the fandom that they had that for so long, because of compilations and stuff, they did have people who would track down everything. And that era slowly starts to fade away after this. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the great tragedies of, I think, late period Alkaline Trio is that like they were so good at just writing a song for writing the sake of writing a song yeah. without like we're writing for a record or we're going for this or we need something that fills the right. space. They were just good at writing a fucking song. And I wish they just did that more because I think that was always their strength, you know, not trying to make a statement, not trying to fit a theme, just writing a song. Cause that's what they did. Dude. And totally. And this song to me is like the perfect example of that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, you know, I think one of the one of the downfalls I think of Matt is is that he he's able to write a song like this mm-hmm. that requires really nothing more than the fact that he has like a just divine ability to write a good song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and once we're once that's like sopped out. He's like left to work with what? Like, you know, totally. what what can I do here when it worked like this for me before so many times mm-hmm. and now I'm out of ideas. Now what? Yeah, and I mean I think that's that's a a thing we've not really we've not really hidden on a lot of like current period Alkaline Trio songs so far. Like they just haven't come up in the playlist, but you know, that's something we'll talk about a lot as we start hitting the records from, you know, 2010 and beyond. And, like, I do think they're, they still are capable of writing great songs, but oftentimes, like, there's so much stuff on some of those records that just feels, like, really, like, all right, well, this is, like, what we're supposed to do. Right. And I don't think they allow them a song like this where it's, like, all right, let's just, you know, do this very simple thing. I think I think there's a lot of, like you know, maybe them not wanting to repeat themselves or feeling like they've already done that type of thing. Yeah. But I I think there's just something you have to do that's just like, all right, this is just what it is. It doesn't matter if it's easy. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, cheap or whatever. Not that I'm saying this one is, but like, Uh you know, allow yourself to not overthink it and not get too taken with the bells and the whistles right. and the things the you can do. The concept of being the Alkaline Trio. I think one of my favorite, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but like one of my favorite songs of the past 10 years of alkaline trio is old english 800 
because that song wrote five minutes. It took, he took mm-hmm. five minutes to write that song. That song fucking sucks. That song is so fun. It's just so fun, and that's all it's got to be. And I think that this song has a, a similar feel to it where it's like, you know, maybe this is written in like the From Here to Infirmary writing stages, and they're just like, well, it doesn't really fit anywhere. Yeah. Let's just record it, and, mm-hmm. you know, and that can be that. Yeah, and, and part of me wonders, like, you know, the, the first couple songs Derek recorded with the band are similar songs of, like, these don't fit anywhere in the catalog, and I think they're both great, which is uh, Old School Reasons and Jake Don Greenbeers. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if this was, like, an early Mike one, where it's just like, all right, we're just figuring it out together. Yeah. You know, because that's what this song has always felt like to me. It's, uh-huh. like, the first time we're like, oh, fuck yeah. And I think isn't that the that's it's in it wild that like I think everybody shares that feeling too, mm-hmm. you know, of like being kind of there, and maybe it's just like the fact that like we've practiced with bands before, totally. But just that like okay, here it is, hit, and it just follows from there. It's like the dynamics yeah. are just so easy to follow along with, and man, I know that we've we kind of haven't like touched on like the larger parts but rapid fire dance bass tone is great great and uh that's really all i want to say is that i love dance bass tone so much and just like the little like chunky oh, parts yeah. that like stand out in this in in their best songs dan is perfect at like doing something memorable that you may not even notice the first time uh-huh. and that's the beauty of him and i may have said it earlier but if not i want to put on record this is i would say my favorite masquiba vocal performance easily damn um i love the way he comes in his voice doesn't sound like he does anywhere else really Uh uh-huh and you know he's just he shows all sides of himself with being able to like actually just kind of sing yeah without too much like you know gravel thrown on it Uh uh-huh he's not like racing through phrases he's not playing too fast right and then when he hits those like you know the the like quiet to scream moment in the bridge. Uh huh. It's fucking perfect. Yeah, it is really. It's a really really nice vocal take. Just because like it does have like that laconic like um you know pretty bored like feel mm-hmm. to it. But it is also it's like it's kind of the like closest sense that you do get to like his actual speaking voice. Yeah, totally. It's interesting in that mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah, it, it, it's such a. This is just such a freaking jam. And yeah, there's no two ways around it. Yeah. What would you, David, rate this song? Um, So people, listeners of the podcast who have, who have been deep in this have heard me probably say it before, but when we started, I made a list of 20 Alkaline Trio songs. You didn't that, say that because you just told me that and I didn't believe it. Okay. Well, well before, I didn't. Not that I didn't. Well, you know. I hadn't. Obviously, one of my favorite fans of all time uh-huh. for a long period, a band I loved. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to give a perfect five star rating to too many songs, so I allowed myself twenty, <laughs> because I was like, you know, it's a band I love. They have over a hundred songs. If you're a really good band, you've got twenty five star songs in you, in my opinion. You know, and we've just been kind of rolling through them pretty quick because this one, it gets five blue gravestones out of five. I give this song four upside down crosses out of five if you like what we're doing here um subscribe to it on on itunes apple podcasts uh tell a friend about it um we are both on twitter he's at 
DB Anthony. I'm at Better Yet Pod. Uh, chat us up. Let us know what you're what you're liking, what you want to hear more of, and um, yeah, this is uh, this is this is the the way that that my friend David and I get to spend uh, some time together each week, and uh, and we're just having a ball doing it, and uh, we are glad to hear that you're enjoying it. As it turns out, that was all a lie. What? They're all someplace. Listening to our podcast.